0: Let's talk about microdosing. You know that feeling when your body and mind are really at peace, like after a workout or a nice long shower, where you've relaxed, you're focused, and a little energized? It feels just right, like you're in the zone. Well, microdose can help you not only get into that zone easier, but stay there longer. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. I absolutely love how helpful these gummies are. For me, half a microdose gummy during the day helps me really stay centered and really fresh as I get everything done on my list. And they really help me relax in the evenings as well and just be present and in the moment instead of worrying about things from the day or what I have to do tomorrow. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com, promo code MinaAF. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com, promo code MinaAF for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com, promo code MINAAF. Introducing Bluehost Cloud,
1: ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost, with 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times So what are you waiting for? Get
0: Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. I'm Mina Starziak hawk and this is Mina AF, where I answer all of your questions and you can ask me anything. Can we talk about money? Can you still breastfeed with implants? You're both boss moms. And I'd love to know the story of how you met. Literally anything any of you want to hear. Listen as we build a community and get to know each other better. Hey, you guys. Happy Tuesday. I'm glad everyone made it through Monday at super fun. Well, not fun. Fun might not be the right, right word, but we get Steve again today. So um, there was a question that came in on the question box from a woman named Kay. So Meg, if you want to go ahead and play that, we are going to talk about sobriety today. Um, and Kay's question was kind of the perfect segue into that. So let it roll, Meg.
1: Hey Mina, my name is Kay. I'm from Pennsylvania. Um, Love everything that you do and I really appreciate your podcast. Just wanted to know if maybe you were willing to explore a little bit more talking about your and Steve's relationship with alcohol. He talked about it recently on one of the podcasts about why he quit. Just wanted to see if maybe you could talk some more about it and how maybe it was affecting day-to-day lives, what maybe that routine looked like before, and what it looks like now, if at all. Um, something my husband and I are looking at maybe changing our relationship with and just kind of want to get
0: your thoughts. Thanks so much. So, yeah, we have touched base. This is going to be weird because I'm going to try to look at you while I talk. I'm going to turn it this way. There we go. Um, hi. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: You look anxious. A little bit. You feel a little anxious? I'll Okay. Are you already feeling a little emotional? Yeah. Oh, baby. Uh,
1: Just thinking about the kids. Yeah. And we haven't seen them in a couple days.
0: Yeah. So our kids um, went with Granny, Nanny, and Hanny, and Pop Pop for the weekend. um, And they get back today. And we always miss them when they're gone. Yeah. So where to start? Um, That's a good question, Kay. Yeah. I think, you know, Mm because we have touched on it here Mm -hmm. and there, you have been completely sober for over two years now yep. a little bit over two years i have probably had a dozen drinks in the last two years maybe maybe
1: i mean i don't clock it but, but yeah yeah
0: so i guess rewinding starting at why
1: yeah you
0: decided right um because i think it is important to mention while we're both doing it it's not really it doesn't feel like we're doing it anymore no. it's just like our which be, i think we'll get to that you know yeah but it was something that Steve decided, came to me and said he was doing. And then I was like, oh, well, yeah, I'll do that too.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: So it wasn't anything that was like forced upon him or there was no issue. There was no, I think, I think there's a lot of people who think that you had to have been an alcoholic to then be sober.
1: Well, yeah, there was no intervention or anything. No. There was no issue. I just, I'm just, mm, I don't know. We have to set like definitions for there's issue. There was no issue
0: that was affecting our day-to-day was, lives no. in a way that. Wasn't still functional. Correct. There wasn't like DUIs. It wasn't nope. you know binge drinking every weekend. It was nowhere close to any of that.
1: Which I, I believe doesn't need to be the root cause of getting sober, though. No. Yeah.
0: So I think for you, it was kind of it was a few different things. It was getting. I'm just gonna more not in,
1: look at you. and I yeah. Won't get emotional.
0: Oh, should you want me to stop looking at you? No, you can look at me. I'm just okay. You're just not much, gonna. Look. Uh, this is uh, gonna be an awkward conversation. I'm just, I'm
1: just <laughs> you know, I think. If I tell my little bit of a backstory, yeah. that'll help yeah. set up my story and yeah. my decisions. Agreed. So, gosh, obviously I'm getting emotional because my parents. Yes. And I, I think that well, definitely my mom did not have a good relationship. I don't, I don't, not sure if I like that term, relationship. But it, my mom was an alcoholic, like full blown. Yes. My dad, I'm not sure if I love the term. I've got all these, like, I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure if I love the term functioning alcoholic, but I guess that's what we'll maybe. He eat. was
0: definitely much well, higher functioning.
1: <laughs> she, yeah, by than, a thousand
0: percent. Yeah. I mean, he
1: would have like a couple beers a night, but my mom was like full, full on for a long time. And I checked with my brother to make sure that he was okay with me telling this. And he was fine. So, um, just with them, I won't go into like the like the whole n- entire story. But with them, it just got so bad. At one point, there was like homelessness, multiple interventions.
0: There were a lot of h- health issues. Like it, lots
1: was- of in and out of hospitals for my mom. And this is in my early and mid twenties, and really even into my late late twenties when we met, I was 28. No, wait, you were, wait. I was 28, you were yeah. 31.
0: Yeah. But Inch. when we met, you did not have a good relationship right. with your parents.
1: Yeah, I, what, what I get emotional about is the time that I lost with my parents because I had drawn a line in the sand about my mom and I felt that I needed to stick with that. And my line was, you know, unfortunately they're, you know the relationship would kind of come to a, a an end if there was no um, if things didn't change, and so I mean I miss we missed out on years um, of each other, and that's just what makes me sad. So from when I was, uh, I think that happened. I was around twenty three, twenty four when they were homeless. And that, that's not even when I, when we kind of parted ways. That, I mean, I was still very involved in checking in on them, and unfortunately, helping the cause out by you know giving them money and things like that. So I was in my early twenties, and um, so I've seen firsthand what alcohol can do. I finally got them into a, a lovely uh, family homeless shelter. It's just so hard for for men to also be accepted in with a uh, your spouse there's like men's shelters there's women shelters but there's very few both and i found them a spot um, which ironically we like <laughs>
0: it's right across the street from where my a sister's lot of, house yeah yep. so
1: you know that rock bottom that well that yeah that that, that rock bottom was pretty rough Um, So they were homeless and in a homeless shelter for over a year. And um, my mom finally decided to get sober uh, while entering the homeless shelter. And we were able to kind of like reboot our relationship a bit then. And then um, a few years later, I'm not even sure. Well, I'm not sure how long it was exactly, but she had relapsed. And I said, you know, I'm gonna stick to my guns this time, and I did, which was really hard. I I think for me and my brother. I think my brother took a very similar stance. Unfortunately, when they were distance, yeah, he was physical distance because he was in Nebraska. So it was
0: not that it's easy to take that stand, regardless. But
1: yeah, proximity definitely. Yeah, and while they were homeless, my sister was only 14, so I kind of took I took her in. Um, She lived with me. And so when they kind of got back on their feet and got like an apartment, she, we were able to move them, to move her back in with them and, which was nice for her. Cause you know, she felt like she missed out on, they felt like they missed out on a lot with her, you know, some informative years, things were going well. And then my mom relapsed. And again, that's kind of when I said, I'm going to stick to my guns and that was in the time that I met you Mm -hmm. you know when I explained to you the situation and you know you kind of helped me understand some things
0: I think one of the things that is tricky but also really good in our relationship is we have a lot of like on paper similar experiences but very different backgrounds so I think it is helpful to note that like from the outside what i see of your story what it was then is you had this very standard life until you were 18 you had yeah. you know mom dad two yeah. kids great house great school great friends yeah and you didn't know that like a drinking problem was kind correct. of creeping up and then the rug was kind of pulled out from under you correct and yeah. it was it, it was bad it was the house is yeah. gone we yeah. have like we can't pay this we can't take care of you guys we can't take care of ourselves yeah whereas for me, it's just always existed, right. yeah. and so it's not this like what the heck happened to my life. It's it's just always been present and mm-hmm. problematic, but not in the way where you know jobs are being lost, homes are being lost. Like mm-hmm. it's it's always been very like functional, and it was just what I've it always was. been used to. It's just it just was. It is. It, it always will be. Yeah. Um, and I think in my family, it was again that term like functioning alcoholic there was tons of problems there was emotional stuff physical stuff mental stuff that was all ever present and i didn't really think anything of it i you don't guess don't know what you don't know yeah cuz it wasn't it was just normal
1: um, and i think
0: when you're not losing a house it's not like oh this is a problem we lost the house like that is that right. is like on paper in real life on all the ways a problem yeah. whereas if you know, everyone's still going to their job every day, you know, not in prison, not you know, wrecking mm, their cars, then
1: successful on paper. Yeah. And everything's going okay. There's no, no reason to make a change. No reason to do anything. Like you mentioned when we started, you know, no DUIs, no arrests, no things like that. So everything's kosher. Um, but for me and my family, um, things just got out of hand. And so fast forward, I suppose.
0: Yeah. I mean, when we met, you weren't in a great spot with your parents. Uh-huh. Um, I just, I don't think there's anything really like notable going on in mine. No. Um, and, but we were starting to date and getting serious. It was
1: not much longer after we decided to get serious. Um, so it was probably November of 2016
0: yeah because we went to thanksgiving at your parents
1: yeah yep 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 and so uh, we had a solid few years before we even got married but we were able to like rebuild that relationship sally was still sober um things were going well and then i was um kind of fast forward a little bit i was working at my like corporate job that i had um, for years, uh, I remember. I'll I'll never forget. I was driving, and I think you you. I was in the parking lot, and you called me, and you said, "I have Steph here with me, and we need to talk to you when you get home about something pretty important." And it was like eleven a.m. <laughs> and I said, "Well, can you can you give me uh, anything at all?" And you're like, "It just." you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see you tonight. And so I had to finish out my day, my work day. I think in the back of my mind, I kind of, I kind of knew, but you and Steph kind of sat me down and Steph had found like a jug, yeah, <laughs> like mm-hmm. one of those like wine jugs that was like,
0: like gallon size bottle yeah, bottles and things I, like yeah, that. Yeah. I think
1: she said it was a wine, but that doesn't, that doesn't matter under like a bathroom sink. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom and Steph had, was living with your parents. Yeah, and at Steph the time. at this point was living with my parents. So she was she, I'm very, very upset, and because you know, we just kind of like a "what do we do now?" Moment. Yeah, it was like, "What do we do?" And gosh, I maybe you can. I hate to ask you to fill in the blanks there, but when we found out, I, I kind of forget what we did do.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't remember. The next thing I remember is jumping to the um like the sit down intervention. Yeah. Oh
1: boy, that was that rough. Yeah, It was one of the worst days of my life.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 like it's like the show. I it's think, just like
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, well, way worse than the show. Yeah. I mean, she was almost dead. Um, so I think that um,
0: yeah, when she we, went back downhill, it was very, very was quick. quick.
1: I got a call from my buddy who's on the fire department in Lawrence, and he was like, this is bef- This was after we found out that she had relapsed, and so we distanced ourselves. We were kind of like, okay, well, we're just going to do what we have done before and distance ourselves. So we were doing that, and um, David called me mm-hmm. and was like, hey, man, <laughs> just want to let you know that we just left a call from your mom and dad's house. Your mom was not well. She refused to go with us though, um, but she needed to just kind of give you a heads up. So I talked to my dad and he was like, I don't know what to do. She doesn't do anything except she doesn't take like anything in except booze.
0: I think it is important to note as well. That your parents were high school sweethearts.
1: Yeah, like freshman year. Freshman year. They've been together since grade.
0: since they were. Not even adults, yeah, 15. and have been together ever since, and we're thick as thieves. And I think your dad would have gone down whatever rabbit hole your mom ever wanted him to, because he loved her so much, yeah. And I think he didn't know how to support her in any other way other than to just love her, yeah, endlessly. Yeah.
1: So that's kind of what we're doing. So shortly thereafter is when we actually hired a real interventionist. Yeah. Um Previously, we we just kind of like. Done it ourselves, but we got some important family members together, hired Indiana's, but well, as far as I'm told, like the Midwest's best interventionist. And he was great. He was. He was really, really good. We like parked in a parking lot, like a quarter, half mile away. And like, I I think we gave my dad like a five minute heads up. Like, we're coming in. And he knew. And he was like, I remember when he answered the door, he was like, Thank God. I thought
0: you guys would be here soon.
1: Yeah, I thought you, yeah. That kind of broke my heart. (laughs) I thought you would have been here sooner. So we roll in and so we go in and we've all got our letters to read to her and she can't even like open her eyes. Literally, she was almost like I don't
0: think she could hear us.
1: I hope she could, but (laughs) I still have our letters and I couldn't do it. So you read mine. I just couldn't talk just couldn't talk just seeing her in such bad condition and um trying to you know convince her to snap out of it it just wasn't happening for me so somehow you got the strength to do it and the interventionist was like we have to call 911 like right now <laughs> yeah which was just i think so sad we like
0: didn't maybe I don't even know if we finished. But I don't it was know like if we so finished. bad. Yeah,
1: he was like, "We got it. this. Is, okay, we gotta, we gotta act." So we called 911 and she was taken to the hospital. She was, yeah, she was admitted to the hospital, and so she had to go through detox, and that's not easy. And i admitted to the hospital, released, and was kind of like, "I'll do my best." To get sober as opposed to, you know. Yes, yeah, she I did mean. not commit. I yeah, she think. didn't commit. No, I'll, well, let's just use those words. She did not commit. So, um, I continued my relationship with my dad and very loosely with my mom, you know, just kind of like checked in. Mm-hmm. And I think you were kind of the same way towards the end. And so was Steph. And then on a, it was a Wednesday morning, me and my Uncle Jack um, hit my mom's brother. We're going out to lunch. Like we, like we always do. And he, you know, he was kind of like, I, I talked to your dad this morning and your mom's back in the hospital today. So this was, there was like a three month gap. Yeah. And I was like, what? For what? And they were like, they don't know yet. And I was like, okay, well, let me call my sister. So I called Steph and, um, she, she was just hysteric. you know she was like you know we can't figure out what's going on um sh- she's not doing well so i came home i immediately came home and i was like okay i'm just i'm over this i'm over this like digging my heels in the sand so i was pa- i packed up and yeah
0: go to the hospital
1: yeah and i was literally prepared to stay, you know, on those lovely couches for however long I needed, I was packing my toothbrush and my sister called me back and she was like, stop what you're doing and get here now. So uh, I stopped what I was doing and I just like rushed to the hospital and I was able to talk to the doctors and they said that they had died. Diag- they had just recently like, within the last f- few moments, uh, officially diagnosed her with stomach cancer. Uh, Which makes sense because alcohol is poison and it goes through your small intestines, large intestines, stomach. So all those things are connected Mm -hmm. and stomach cancer makes sense to get. Um, And you were flying.
0: Yeah. I was on a plane. I was back to Indy at least.
1: You got my voice. Very pregnant. voicemail yeah yeah you were yeah voicemails with or, or texts yeah with, with jack and i just told you like get to the hospital room okay. whatever yeah and
0: they're pretty quick after yeah that, you like, got there really that.
1: quick. i remember when you walked in the room i was like holy crap like what
0: airport spread. did you
1: what airport did you just come from and i had some time with her to, to she wasn't awake she was in an induced coma but the nurse reassured me that she could hear me and you, like, ran in, held her hand. she passed away. Yeah. So, trying to connect these dots here for everybody. So, I just, that's not good. <laughs> that's well, not think, good. And
0: I think it's a, a, another thing to go back, because I know we'll talk about stuff a little bit more. I think a lot like maybe my mom and I did, we had... A break in our relationship and then came back together and were like unhealthily close for a while. Uh-huh. I think your parents and Steph, when they did like reunite, Steph became very like they were her best friends. She she yeah. was very codependent on them.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: when your mom passed, I mean that I think catapulted Steph into a direction that
1: good point can't
0: not. It's yeah. it's just it is part of
1: they were very close. Um so my sister and my parents were very close because I think psychologically uh, sh- when she was removed from them at 14, when they were reconnected. It was like she was 14. It was again. like she was 14 again, which is very common in trauma situations like that. So she was always kind of like a um, 14-year-old daughter to to them and her them to her and her to them. So, And
0: uh, I, I think yeah. at this point we were probably what you would just consider like social drinkers. Like yeah. we would come home and maybe like if they, we wanted to get margarita, we would mm-hmm. you know get the mix from across the street and make a couple margaritas. It was nothing. We don't really, we never really like went out <laughs> much.
1: Mean, so like, it wasn't
0: like been drinking on a Saturday because we went out with a group of friends or anything.
1: Well, you know me. I prepare for these things. And yeah. so like, Mentally, I think, and and so you told me that we were gonna do this podcast uh, probably five days ago. So I've been kind of like mentally preparing. So uh, let's close it on Steph and then we'll talk about us. So Mm -hmm. my mom passed away, stomach cancer. Uh, Six months later, my dad passed away because he fell down some stairs. So that was obviously unforeseen and very unfortunate. Um, Steph was living on her own by then already. Yeah, she was on her own.
0: And she was working for me. Mm -hmm. And, and when, she started to have a pattern of behavior where every Monday and Tuesday she didn't feel good. She yeah. wasn't coming in. This is like everything. She, she was isolating. She yeah. wouldn't let anyone to her house. She wouldn't come to anything. And this was after
1: my after my dad. Rick yes, passed after your away. dad
0: passed as well. It was just downhill. Um, and it was it was already it was during COVID by this time. And COVID she'd been, been started yeah having this like isolating behavior for quite some time, but it had gotten significantly worse. And we were actively filming. And oh,
1: you were actively I filming. filming. I was filming. I was miked.
0: I was in front of the store. And I had a missed call from Kat. Well, it rang. I didn't answer because I was filming. And he called again. And I answered. And he mm-hmm. said, it's Steph. She's, she's dead. That's yeah. what he said. And I probably scared the crap out of everyone. Because I literally just sprinted away. Called you. And...
1: You told me to stay put. Yeah. Because I, I was you. on my way to her house. Because I didn't know what else to do. I, you know, Tad called me and told me that St- they found Steph dead in her bathroom, and I, so I just instinctively grabbed my car keys and was was gonna go to her house. I don't.
0: Oh yeah, no. Tad called you because I didn't answer, and then right. you called me.
1: Yes. No, oh my I wasn't gosh. Going to correct you, but no,
0: it's okay. That's it's it's, it's oh. all yeah. Um, I didn't want you to go.
1: Yeah, you said stay put, which in the end, great. To, you know. Yeah. I'm glad that,
0: but I think you know. So that obviously was very, very traumatic. And then we and your brother and Alicia well, nobody
1: could go in. Yeah, because well, was I, quarant- we
0: already went in, and there I went in, and they were panicking because me and Tad went in, and it was COVID and.
1: Like when we say COVID just it started, like we, of it. it was like this. It was like week two. If, if, if you guys all remember, like you could barely go down the street and yeah.
0: walk. And. When you know, obviously, they, Steph was not in the house anymore, but we had to go in and and clean up, and I think that's when it really, for me at least, it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have different stressors, some big, some small, that we carry around and that really weigh us down. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to have a negative effect on us. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest. And to figure out how to work through whatever it is that's weighing you down. For me, therapy has been so helpful, really learning those positive coping skills and to be the best version of myself. I know myself better and how to set the right boundaries that really work for me. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, then give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, and it's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/af today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp hel Mina af Warmer, sunnier days are calling, and you can fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, Never Frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. With delicious options from breakfast to dessert, you can stay fueled all day long with easy and nutritious options. Plus, with premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, Factor meals are a real treat. I love the convenience and the variation of Factor's different meal preferences, whether it's managing calories, maximizing protein, or avoiding meat. Crush your goals this May with Factor. Head to factormeals.com slash af 50 and use code af 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code af 50 at factormeals.com slash af 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Really hit because of did I go in and cl- I did? I think I went in and cleaned up a little bit before you and Chris Probably. and Leisha all came.
1: Yeah, because we because I
0: there was there were there were so many bottles. There were so many bottles. Just like seeing how the last however long of her life had been couple was months. I
1: presume so
0: incredibly sad, and then yeah. the guilt with like not being able to do something about it. Yeah, like well, we should have gone to her house sooner. We should have made her go to rehab. We should have made her. But we did but nobody knew. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. And that's no what idea. she went to. And, and, you know,
1: I always kind of bring this up. Like, it's not like she would come out. She never came over drunk. No. When she would come over and me and you would. She'd have would,
0: a normal, like a cocktail or yeah, two. she would
1: have like one cocktail and, and that's it. Um, you and I would kind of be like, oh, come on. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, we're having another one. So, and she'd be like, no, I'm fine. So just zero signs, guys. Like, zero signs.
0: I think we all thought it was just severe depression.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah both yeah, your yeah.
0: parents had passed in such right. a short amount of time, yeah. and then it took an eternity to get her her cause of death, which yeah, it was long term ethanol poisoning, which is just alcohol poisoning.
1: Yeah, it took uh, probably over three months. I remember uh, to get the autopsy because mm-hmm. uh, I'll be honest. I don't even know if you and I have ever talked about this. I I thought it was suicide.
0: Yeah, I thought that. And I think we had talked about it because there were a lot of strange situations. Well, thirty year old
1: women don't just die, right? So everything
0: revolved around her dogs, and so I was like, she would not, she would not leave this world and not leave her dogs okay. Yeah. But there was also some weird things like she. I mean, she cooked chicken and rice and 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 veggies for them for every dinner, and the bag of dog food was just slid open and on the floor. So in my head, I'm like, did she cut it open so they could still eat for a while? But I think that's what her life had turned into. I think right. that was how she fed the dogs. The bag was just there and they could eat as they needed. The last few But it very, so. I think we, it was probably more than just me and you that thought that maybe.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, 30 year old women don't just drop dead in their bathroom. So that was where my brain went because they nobody had any answers you know the emts were like we don't there we have no answers for you guys and And i feel
0: like it was going on even longer than we thought it was going on because to die from long-term alcohol poisoning is for someone young at that age i i think it's hard to do
1: well depends on how much of a go-getter you are i suppose
0: (laughs) so that was that was at the beginning of covid and so these are all. I think
1: it was probably like, because let's not forget, I mean, we, we always talked either you and, uh, you know, there was always yeah. communication going on. And definitely... and yeah, you and her, me and her, my brother, Chris yeah. and her always communicating. And when basically like the three of us came together and we're like, hey,
0: you haven't talked to her. Just, I haven't talked to her. It's or... been
1: like three days. And in our world, that was a long time. And then
0: Tad also hadn't talked to her. Yeah, so all these people were kind
1: of like, yeah, we haven't heard from from Steph in a little bit. So I guess we we get the autopsy back and it was long-term ethanol poisoning, which I don't think we were surprised of. I honestly was relieved of just that it wasn't suicide. Um, I guess (laughs) not an intentional suicide.
0: No, I think she did not care if that necessarily was the result because your parents passing was so hard on her. Yeah.
1: I just don't think she had anything else um, to get her out of that. Like I had a wife.
0: had a baby. A baby.
1: Oh, it was COVID. So you were pregnant with Charlie. So I had another child on the way. Mm -hmm. You had another child on the way. Like Chris has a family and she here's COVID for her parentless young and That's just what she did, I imagine.
0: And obviously, like, the things growing up are formative, but this is the most recent past. And I think that was kind of during COVID, everyone, like, everyone drank. Like, liquor stores boomed. It was just there was nothing else to do. I was pregnant, but it was pretty normal for, you know, Steve and our neighbors next door or across the street to knock off around like three. The kids would just hang out in the front yards and we'd have margaritas and like, you know, have pizza delivered or whatever it was. but we would
1: stop at like seven, you know what I'm saying? Like we we were still seemingly responsible, so.
0: I don't know why I started keeping track, but I started keeping track of how many days in a row you would drink and was having a really hard time internally, like. How do I say this without it being like if someone said anything to me about like you've done if I'd done anything ten days in a yeah. row like why why are you fucking keeping tabs on me like why are you paying attention yeah so I was trying to figure out a way because it was not causing problems no and it was a trigger for me
1: yeah because I, of my addressing yep sorry to and
0: you you probably remember I remember keeping track in my phone and I remember saying. Like having a conversation with you. I don't yeah. necessarily remember exactly what the conversation was.
1: I, I mean, I remember you okay. just kind of sat me down and said, hey, you know, you're very delicate. Um, you know, you're a good communicator. Um, sometimes too good.
0: That's it's annoying. annoying.
1: <laughs> and you're just like, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to um, bring anything up from like family past. This is before Steph had passed away.
0: It was. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so bad at these like time frames.
1: Yep. Yeah, this was like before COVID and everything. When you talked to me
0: during COVID.
1: When you sat, so when you sat me down and you said, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to like bring up any like.
0: Because it was that June that you stopped drinking. No, I'm
1: very familiar when I. And that was
0: only two years ago, so it was during.
1: (sighs) Okay. I suppose you could be right, but you know, you, you said, "Hey, look, I'm pregnant. I'm not able to drink, so it's a lot easier for me to kind of to clock you." And yeah. it's been whatever it was, like two weeks in a row
0: without a, like a day. It's
1: off. without zero drinks or with zero drinks. Whether that's one glass of wine with your steak at dinner out or three margaritas with a neighbor, you've had at least a drink for the last two 14 days in a row and I was like thank you I appreciate I wasn't upset I was just like I mean I wasn't like
0: you weren't upset I think you took it in I think in your gut like just by your physical like visceral reaction I could tell like it was like a tightening like realizing like I don't like not wanting to get defensive but that's just kind of like a natural place to go internally I I could feel that and I I just remember that feeling and I I think I also said, like, I'm telling you this because this is a trigger for me. We don't have a problem. You don't have yeah. a problem. But this is how problems develop. Yeah. And it scares the shit out of me. Right. Because I don't want to live the life that I grew up in. I don't yeah. want to be married to the person. Like, I, I I, I, just want, I don't want to not say anything and regret not saying anything for right. two weeks, two years, you know, two decades, and then us be in a place that we can't come back from because it's so far gone.
1: Right. So you had the conversation with me, and um, so that was on the back of my mind. And then we go to our family vacation every year. And I'm I was just like the type, let's say like the type of vacationer. I think the our friends were with us this this particular year. And I'm kinda like, Oh, it's ten AM crack <laughs> open a beer. Like yeah. that's just how I vacation. Yeah,
0: you sit on the beach, cooler beers, a couple sandwiches. Yeah.
1: Couple, a couple beers throughout the day, you know yeah. what I mean? Not like I'm not shotgunning beers, but I'm having. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
0: I just have like a mental picture because I have a video on my phone of you shotgunning beers in Kiowa with Tad, That's and true. this is a long time ago with Tad and Sam. Car- and Sam, Sam. Carolyn's ex boyfriend. But um, no, our typical
1: you know, shout out to Sam. Oh yeah, our she typical
0: post kid vacation would be like, okay, we'll take
1: yeah.
0: six Trulies or whatever yeah. down to the beach, and over the course of ten hours, yeah, we're out I there, was, each I never
1: had a. Yeah, that's just how I vacation. Yeah. And that's also how I golfed, you know? Yeah. Oh, we're golfing? Great. We're cracking beers. Yeah. That's my expectation. And I'm still going to golf really well.
0: Yeah. You're a great golfer.
1: <laughs> and we got home from vacation and I was working. It was a Monday and I was working and I just had, I think, I mean, I was uh, supposed to be working. I was in the garage, but I think that I had used like two straight hours of just like sitting down. And just having these, this inner monologue with myself of like family past, not great. (laughs) You know, but what really did it for me was when I, it's gonna be hard to say, (laughs) but when I realized that I don't wanna give my children a reason to not have a relationship with me. Because I feel like so many people my age and the generation before me have these gap years in their relationship with their parents and or just maybe they don't even have gap years, but they just have these. Don't have relationships. Yeah, they just don't have relationships or they do, but it revolves around alcohol or um, just all these negative things surrounding the behavior um, that comes with alcohol. So I just, that was it. I said, (laughs) I'm never going to give, I've always used internally the term gift, but I don't mean gift in a positive way. I just mean, I'm not going to give them the gift of not having a reason to not have a relationship with me. I'm never going to give that to my children. Based off of alcohol.
0: Yeah. Um, we might do a lot of other <laughs> things that are fucked up, but
1: alcohol yeah. is not I mean, going to be might, one
0: of the things that keeps, that they, ever distances us from our kids.
1: They might be 13 and not love all of our parenting styles, but because they're 13 <laughs> and 15 or <laughs> yeah. 13 and 11, but they will eventually be like, oh, I our was
0: in par- an Yeah. It's yeah.
1: Our parents were doing that for us. So that was it. I just said I'm I'm never going to allow my children to have a negative relationship with me on things that I can control. Yeah. And I can control my alcohol intake and that was it. I literally called you outside into the garage and I said I think I wanted to start out with 30 days just to see if I can yeah. do it. And Shortly thereafter, I had a bunch of friends from high school coming to town and we all went golfing. It was like 4th of July weekend, mm-hmm. like a few days later. And that was like my first big test. Yeah. And that's also something that I want to talk about is like all the tests that you're going to face along the way. And they're hard at first. They're very hard.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, you you ruffled the status quo. By like, oh, Steve's not drinking. And I think people I do still this feel guilty change about that. a lot. Like, if you you are no longer predictable, Steve, you no longer, we're gonna go golf, we're gonna have six beers, it's gonna be whatever. Like, oh, Steve stopped drinking. Like, why should I stop drinking? Yeah. Is he judging me? Right. Is something wrong with like it's usually turns into other people making it about themselves. But just cuz how we are is. I know, know, but
1: I'm always like, get, hey, everybody get some beers beforehand. I don't yeah. you know, if you want. And I, don't I think care. there
0: are some people, I think this is an important, you know, point to make. <laughs> there are some people like you who didn't go into it with a, a, a problem per se. Like okay. there was a problem, but it wasn't when where you were not functioning and you could handle being around people that were also drinking. There are also plenty of people who just cannot be in that situation because it, it's it's not it's too tempting for them. It's too fill in the blank for them. Yeah. Um, and you weren't in that situation. So I think. Yeah. Well,
1: was, I, I stopped it before it got.
0: Yeah. I yeah. Think,
1: well, and I, I it, it doesn't ever get easier or better. Right. So you, you, it's a gradual, um, thing with drinking. Right. So it, you typically, when I say typically, I, I, I mean that exactly like typically, I know there's going to be some listeners that did drink in, in high school and some that didn't. But I think typically, yeah, I think typically um, young adults start um, to experiment in high school. Um, Also college, it picks up and then it, you know, it goes, you know, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, maybe nothing on Sunday. And then maybe you start to kick in a Sunday and then maybe you're kicking in on a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, you're a Wednesday through Sunday drinker and you're 30, mid, mid 30s. And then the next thing you know, you're um late 30s and you're Tuesday through Sunday and you're like, oh boy, what so you I know, think it doesn't get better. Nobody's no. like,
0: no, you're not. Yeah, it, it doesn't. doesn't re- <laughs> it doesn't really. Um Somebody. I think like to go back to Kay's question, because it sounds like her and her husband are maybe thinking about adjusting the lifestyle. This was also at the time where you were getting like super into your like physical health and learning about it. So not only were the did we both have all these negative experiences that were attached to alcohol, you were also learning all the really, really destructive shit it does to your body. Like it is just poison. Mm -hmm. And so I think that gave you uh, not an outlet, but I guess it was like those two things combined I think were really helpful for you to be able to make it a good reason. Because I think some people don't want to view it as a problem just because they had alcoholic parents, or they're damaged, I guess, in some way. Mm. Like, I don't want to admit that I have a drinking problem, or could have one, because then that means I'm damaged. Whereas if you look at it from this place of, well, I'm a healthy person, Mm -hmm. I want to live a healthy lifestyle, so this is just going to better me, not fix some kind of damage. I think sometimes it's easier to swallow. And whatever the reason that, you know, people need to be able to get there, you know, it's each to their own. But I want to be able, I want to stop, just to try to give people some huh. idea of like, how okay, the way we had the conversation. yeah So for me, I was feeling very, you know, if, approaching the situation is tricky. It's scary because my first in, inclination would be to be defensive. If someone was like, if you literally said you put your feet on the couch all the time, i like, why are, you, why are you paying attention to what I do with my feet all the time? Whatever it is. Yeah, like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I know what you're saying.
0: It's just... So I think being able to start a conversation with, like, hey, I literally, like, no angstful feelings. I'm not upset. I'm not trying to call you out. Like, saying all the things for Mm. me, like, explaining what I'm not trying to do before I say, I just want to give you this information. And a lot of times for us, what works is I want to give you this information and I don't want to talk about it. I want to give you this information and vice versa. And just, like, let it roll around in your brain so you can get over those first, not just one natural reaction that's usually defensive or visceral, but the things, like, go through the thought process in your head before things come out of your mouth is Mm -hmm. super helpful for me, particularly in, like, these last few months. There's so many things that I've wanted to, you know, like, scream at people on Instagram, whatever. And I've said, I can say that again in two minutes. I can say it if I want to in two weeks. Mm -hmm. I can say it if I want to in two months. What is saying it now going to do? And mm-hmm. if it's not, if you don't have a good reason for now, like always just sit on it. So I think if you're thinking about having this conversation to do it like together with your partner, or maybe you don't drink and your partner is the one, I think it's just really important to set a platform where you're not behaving in an attacking manner. And it's the most comfortable environment for them not to feel attacked. And it, you could do everything under the sun and they might still feel that way. But I think that's really important, like base.
1: Yeah. The conversation that I had with you, though, I very specifically remember saying just because of my um, personality,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I was like, and I'm also not asking you to do anything because I I don't do I'm not a, a follower. I am. Uh, I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when Steve said he wasn't drinking, I was like, "Oh, I can do that. Like well, if, if I'm not coming home and there's not margaritas made every day, I don't need to drink right. a margarita."
1: And I was like, "I'm not asking you to do anything. If you s- want to continue to have margaritas um, or um,
0: wine, whatever, a glass of
1: wine is. with dinner, whatever, you are welcome to." You know, I and
0: fast forward two years, it's still that way. Like if I wanted. To yeah. have a glass of wine, but we'll get to that, like because it literally doesn't even taste good. It tastes gross when I drink it.
1: No. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, no. So yeah, he, Steve. Steve doesn't know, but I think that setup for the conversation and making sure you're coming from a good place is super important to be able to be heard. Because I say this a million times, like ten different people could say the exact same words and then mean ten different things. Just because your tone of voice, well, your body language, your all those things—like you have to keep those all in mind when you're talking about any situation that's potentially like delicate or yeah. emotional.
1: I think to kind of um, wrap up and circle back to Kay's question of, you know, she's like, "Me and my husband are thinking about it." I think that, um, in my personal opinion, then the answer is yes. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying, like if you're thinking about it and you're questioning yourself, then I guess maybe just try to go at it kind of how I did, which was like, I'm going to give it 30 days, and reassess. Like 90, and then Yeah. And then I was like, well, I'm going to do another 30 days because I was able to golf. I was able to do literally everything. Jack had a birthday party. Which,
0: <laughs> it was all the things. It was yeah, all the things. Jack had a big
1: birthday party. It was which summer. I, I, yeah, it was summer. It was the beginning of summer. It, and if you're able to do it.
0: You're not an alcoholic outwardly or inwardly that people are like, why, why aren't you drinking? And I think being on the other side, it's much easier to give some advice on time frame. Like I know you started with 30 days and that worked. Having like being on the other side. Well,
1: just start with one day.
0: Well, start with one day. But I'm saying it was, a, it was at least three to four months. I would say six months where I really felt realigned. Yeah. Because although it wasn't causing problems in our lives, like we 100% would have like more arguments. Like we hardly ever argue.
1: Yeah. And I think the timeline keynotes is a very important topic that that if you want to talk about it now, I think it's great. But like like you were just about to say, we would have little bickers. Yeah. But we don't do that anymore.
0: No, we don't because we're just in the right mindset. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But for me, the last, <laughs> at least the last five years of my life have been very tumultuous for a lot of reasons, and there were so many days where I'd come home, and it was like, I need, I need, I could probably do a whole bottle of rosé on my own. Yeah, cool. And my life didn't change, but the drinking stopped, and although I didn't see it being used as a coping mechanism. It is. It's it's it is and it's not and it's fine for some people. Yeah. It works and it, it, it probably would have still been fine for us. Right. But it was the first three or so months where I was having to learn new behavior on yeah. how to cope with those feelings. And because of my past, I don't like to sit with my feelings. I like to stay busy. I like to drink a glass of wine and then and, and be relaxed again or whatever it is. And while I still have those other things where I am, I keep myself busy and this was removing one of those coping mechanisms sure. where I had to feel more of my feelings and sit in them for a longer period of time and that's super stressful for I a think, while.
1: I think a lot of pe- people, I think it's a great point and I think for some people when you get those feelings um, and if this is something that you're interested in, I think um, finding a meeting isn't a bad gosh, I just... That's just a whole nother topic. I never needed meetings, but I wholeheartedly
0: I think if you don't have the support structure, then meetings are super helpful because you can be around other like-minded people. And I think a lot of people think you can't go to meetings if you weren't like, you know, naked on the street, drunk and got arrested. Like meetings are like anyone can go there and you don't have to be like, well, I was never bad enough. Like I don't need to do this or I don't need to do that. Like, I think you had a really good support structure in place, but if you were doing like anyone listening or like, I want to quit drinking anything, I want to quit drinking, I want to change my diet, I want to change my lifestyle, and the rest of the people in your lifestyle don't want to do that, you need to find like-minded people, whether it's online, like Steve does with his coaching or uh, like a local meeting or a local group, you have to find other like-minded people. So you have other people saying, this is good, you can do that, we support you, instead of everyone around you just doing the opposite.
1: Because that was incredibly
0: hard to succeed. You have to be a very, very strong person to be able to change your whole life with no one else around you being willing to change. Yeah,
1: unfortunately, um, you know, one of my things that I say is that if if you want things to change, you have to you have to make a change. Yeah, because um, I think a lot of people just like sit back and wait for change, and it's just not how it works. So I think that. Um, things unfortunately have to change. And I'm not saying that you have to ditch your best friend that you hang out with, you know, every night and have wine with, but maybe, but maybe once you've not
0: drank for three months, you're going to be like, wow, that's really our only common bond. Yeah. And when you change lifestyles, when you change behaviors, you might change friends and that's okay. And I think there's a lot of guilt around that. Like once you have a little bit more clarity about what you're Your goals are, your life is, like, being around the people who support that, I think, is super important. Yeah. And I think this is is a whole nother mean AF episode, but, like, outgrowing friendships. Like, that happens as an adult. And when is that – when, why, how is that okay? And I I think the drinking thing, if you have a good, solid group of friends, not a single one of your friends was ever like, Steve's making me uncomfortable with this shit. I'm all around him.
1: But I also – just completely changed my life, though. I went back to school. <laughs> um, I became essentially a health nut overall, right? Yeah. So it wasn't just like, "Oh, Steve quit drinking." It was like, "Holy shit, Steve is like a new person." Yeah. So for anybody that doesn't know, I'm now a, a licensed nutritionist.
0: Um, he has like eight plaques on the wall. I
1: have master uh, personal trainer. So,
0: talk about some of the health stuff because if yeah. you, if people can't get behind it. For you know the the social reason or just like the the potential problems, like actually talk through yeah. all the the health stuff that you've.
1: I'll pair it helpful, yeah, yeah. I'll what I like to do with people that I have the conversation with is just pare it down as simple as possible, and that is the main ingredient to make alcohol is ethanol, which is a, just poison. a poison, and so you're willingly putting that into your body. The FDA, um, regulates these things, which is just mind blowing to me. And so you're just putting alcohol into your body. And I think I, I read, a uh, a recent, um, paper in, um, science journal. And it was talking about the old adage of like every housewife that says a glass of wine a day is good for your heart, and that's just not <laughs> true anymore. <laughs> it's not true. Nobody says that. Uh, well, I think some people like might red wine still and
0: dark say. chocolate. Why do they say red wine and dark chocolate are good for you?
1: I think there was previous studies that <laughs> are over have recently been overturned. I think that they were just not well. There might be done. things
0: in them that are good for you, right?
1: I, yeah, I think that there's like.
0: Uh, antioxidants
1: and grapes and things like that that can um that you know let's also talk about the sugar yeah keep talking about uh, wine but just the, the sugar and all that stuff it's just it's just bad for you yeah and you're just willingly putting that into your body and, and I, I don't think the like thing to is, like stand on a soapbox and an- preach.
0: Anything you do every day or the majority of your days for the rest of your life is bad for you. If you're going to drink wine every day for the rest of your life, if you're going to eat pizza every day for the rest of your life. Like, so I don't want anyone to think we are, you know, up on our soapbox saying yeah, I mean, don't neither. do like Steve's rule with his clients is an 80, 20 rule. Mm-hmm. Like don't be an asshole t- 80% of the time, 20% of the time. Okay. You want to have a slice of pizza, have one, don't have 10. Like those kind of things. And I also think it's important to note that like we don't, there are plenty of other things. There is, you know, I don't even know what they're all called, but like Delta 9 and THC and CBD Mm. and microdosing. I mean, there's so many other things that in various states are legal or not legal or in the process of that help with anxiety, like various things like that, that I think people use alcohol sometimes to like self-medicate that mm. I think are worth looking into. Mm. I guess all that to say, what
1: uh, I do not want to advise people um, on one way or another with cannabis.
0: No, I- I'm not saying that. I I guess I'm I'm saying like even magnesium gummies, those are supposed to help with your with with anxiety.
1: Okay. There's so many other
0: things that you not
1: Delta 9.
0: Well, I don't I I I know that's some kind of like Yeah, it's like a cannabis. Okay. So clearly I know very little about this, you guys. I'm saying there are a lot of things that aren't directly poisoning your body that can probably I see what you're saying. Be added to your life that is significantly less damaging physically than putting alcohol in it. If you're using alcohol as a coping mechanism in social situations, you know, there are so many other things you can take for that kind Uh of anxiety instead of numbing yourself with alcohol. So
1: you're kind of like, if you're used to needing alcohol to wind down at night, there are magnesium gummies. Yeah. Take
0: melatonin. If you want, take CBD, whatever it is. Like, there are things that, are still controversial, hundred percent, but aren't directly poisoning your body. I guess I, I the point to say, like, we're not gonna, when I'm not going to stand here on the soapbox and say, don't do anything ever bad. I, like, only eat vegetables. That's yes, what I mean.
1: I wholeheartedly agree with you. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> I'm just not going to go down the marijuana road this episode. We can in another one. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> uh, in particular, um. So we'll shift gears. Yeah. Um, I, but I do think that was a good point. Um, was there anything else on Kay's question that you wanted to address?
0: Let uh, you know, let me, I'm going to look at it again.
1: Um, I think that, it, you know, like I said a moment oh, ago. Oh, she
0: was asking um, how it affected our day-to-day lives, what the routine looked like before and what it looks like now. So just wanted to get our thoughts. And I don't think our routines are terribly different. Like, this weekend, the kids were gone, and we went to uh, a Billy Joel Elton John cover concert at this, like, awesome place outside on the north side of Indy, and everyone in the lawn is, you know, they're drinking beers, they've got their glass of wine, you can bring in whatever I you want. I didn't even notice. And I, uh, we made two, like, super yummy mocktails.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: it's been so interesting, because once you get past that four or five into the six months out,
1: yeah,
0: we were in Mexico, we went to, uh, I think it was when we were... I don't remember. It Doesn't matter where we were in Mexico, but I ordered a regular um, mint oh, julep or something. Mojito. I ordered a regular mojito instead of a virgin mojito, and I remember it was gross. Yeah, I was like, "Ooh, it's
1: possible." It like was I thought, just I was made. like,
0: "Let's let's get a little crazy. I'll, yeah. have, <laughs> I'll yeah. have a regular mojito." I remember
1: being disappointed. Yeah, I was and like,
0: it didn't taste good. But that's happened crazy. since then. I uh, I mean, again, the last probably two years have been really really like emotionally challenging outside of our relationship. And there were days where I would just come home like in a puddle of tears, like a hyperventilate, whatever it was. And you weren't even here. And I think that's why I got – we have we still have wine in the fridge. Yeah, I, I poured over. a glass of rosé because I was like, I don't even care. I, like I, yeah. I need to numb this right now. I yeah. will drink this whole bottle. And I took a sip and I dumped it out because it just didn't taste good.
1: It like, turned
0: <laughs> it might have turned. It might have uh-huh. turned. I think my taste buds have changed. Yeah, though.
1: also also your taste buds.
0: Like there's not your a brain lot of has alcohol been that tastes good to me anymore.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, your brain has been rewired. Yeah. I mean, do you remember the first sip of beer you ever had? It's
0: oh, it's like
1: terrible. Terrible.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, like Coors Light is not it, – yeah. it, it's, it's, it's like skunky but water. But in your mid-20s, you're like, you know – this is the yeah, best is thing great. ever.
1: Drink it with my cereal.
0: Um. So day to day, in that transition period, I think we were more aware of the differences. Yeah. Now being out two years, it's not really much at all. Because instead of having a beer, we have like ginger beer, which is delicious. Mm-hmm. We just drink different things in place of that. When, Sugar-free
1: ginger ale. Yeah. When um, we go
0: to like other events we'll drink soda water or, you know. uh, I'm pretty
1: simple when it comes to a lot of people ask me that. They're like, what do you make at home or what do you replace it with? And I'm like, water with electrolytes.
0: Yeah. We drink a lot of water with whatever, you know, fill in liquid IV product kind of thing. And I think what is super, super interesting because it is definitely a new development. When we stopped drinking two years ago, it wasn't like quote unquote the cool thing to do. Like it's oh yeah. It's trendy. It is. It's trendy now, which means it's easier because it's socially yeah. acceptable. It is the cool thing to do to be sober and be invested in your health.
1: It feels and like in the last maybe year. year. We we had probably been sober for a year. And then I started noticing, like,
0: so many more, like mixers, like yeah. bars are carrying mocktail recipes. We went to and, a and restaurant
1: last night that had a bit of a mocktail uh, menu. There's,
0: I don't know what you call it because it's not bourbon, but like non-alcoholic bourbon. Yeah. There's non-alcoholic gin. Yeah. And because it has been this this trend, I think it's a good trend for the most part across the board. It's it's a lot easier to do absolutely because you're not not drinking. Because you're an alcoholic, because that's obviously the only reason you'd stop drinking is because you're an alcoholic. It's just because you want to be healthier.
1: Yeah. You know, I thought (laughs) uh, when we went to the Billy Joel Elton John Tribute Band um, this weekend, normally we probably each would have had a a couple cocktails or something. We
0: probably would have took two bottles of wine and gone home with a half bottle.
1: Yeah. And I, when we were leaving, I remember thinking, but uh, again, me stopping... 90%
0: Obviously, your more negative experiences with alcohol were kind of 18 years and on. Mine were a lot more when I was younger. Yeah. But so much of the stuff that I saw and experienced is just insane to me and would break my heart if my kids ever had that experience that. Yeah. And I think our motivating factors, probably if you like boil it down to its simplest form, was just wanting to do better than we had yeah. and wanting to create the cleanest platform we potentially yeah. could to have like the best relationship with our kids as yeah. possible.
1: So perfectly said. Okay. Um, that's, if that's not enough motivation.
0: Then you're screwed. I don't know what to Yeah. About. If you can't do it for your kids. if you and if you don't have kids, what is that thing? Yeah, like, what's your why? What's your why? And I think that that's in everything. what's your why like for the job you do for the person you're with for the friendships you keep for your your physical you know mental health routine all those things like knowing what your why is is a great first step and also and write it down do what write it down like oh yeah
1: yeah yeah oh yeah 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 if you're not ready
0: to commit to your why like steve has wild stuff on our mirror in the gym he's got what's the dude that like is mr america or something
1: (laughs) mr america (laughs) what is he Mr. Uh, Olympia. Mr. Olympia. Chris, Mr.
0: Olympia. Chris, Chris, Chris Bumstead. Bumstead. He's got that. He's got quotes. So if you're not ready to execute your why, put it somewhere that you're going to see it every day. I would so, love it
1: if Chris Bumstead listened to Mina AF. i uh,
0: call him Mr. World.
1: <laughs> I would just like for him to know that he's. Yeah.
0: Awesome. But what I'm saying is. Everybody
1: Google that dude, Chris Bumstead. I mean, he's, he's handsome as he's shit. He's
0: jacked. He's huge. He's yeah, awesome. He's just,
1: oh my God. He just goodness. seems like a lovely guy. He's so nice. Um, um the Modern Wisdom podcast that I like. Yeah, he said uh, Chris, the host, said that he was the nicest guest that he's ever had. Oh, you should actually watch that. I started episode. watching
0: part of it. Anywho, what I'm saying is, write it on your bathroom mirror. If your why is yeah. I want to stop drinking, so I I want to stop drinking for my kids, or I want to stop drinking because I can't. I can't. Whatever no, I the got fill you. In the blank. I'll,
1: I'll help you. But most kids probably. Are the driving force behind a lot of parents drinking? drinking. <laughs> so,
0: I it's your fault. I yeah, drink. Tr- so Charlie, lover to death, would drive some people to drink. She's crazy. She's crazy. She's crazy. <laughs> She's
1: crazy, man. Um, so that can get tricky, though. Parenting can have its um wild evenings where you're just like, it doesn't. I would to love me. to
0: numb this right now. I would love to numb the insanity I'm it feeling right now.
1: It hasn't happened. It hasn't crossed my brain in. A long time but yeah that when Jack was young and uh, I was first you know sober I was like holy cow I need a, <laughs> this is why this, daddy yeah. drinks yeah, this is this is what makes it hard um, but yes like you said remembering your why is it because you um, have to take care of your mom and she needs you around everybody has somebody that that needs them and that should be your why
0: and let me tell you guys, it was not a, a bad side effect, like how much less expensive our meals out are. It's half the price almost, well, most of they, the time.
1: Definitely. Yes. I'm going to agree with you, but I'm also going to say that food costs have gotten out of
0: control. <laughs> food costs have gotten out of control, you guys. It's just but wild. But if your why is financial, because I want to go on a vacation to Bermuda that's why I'm going to quit drinking, and I'm going to like do it for a year. I'm going to save up for a year. I'm going to quit drinking for a year, and I'm going to go on an African safari. I I'm constantly
1: do, justify purchases because I'm like, like well, I, I didn't spend a hundred dollars this week on tequila, so yeah. I'm going to buy these shorts.
0: So even and even if you want to start with that short-term goal, I think that's a really good idea. Find like because a lot of us are driven by like financial goals. So I really want to go to Mexico, and you can go to Mexico round trip all inclusive for fifteen hundred bucks, pretty much from anywhere per person. So, I'm going to not drink for three months and I'm going to see how much I like it, it. I guess, how would you figure it out? You figure well, out how you allocate it's tough it. Whatever. Because,
1: as I've always said with that mindset, is like you just, you just spend, spend it, spend on, it something on something else. else.
0: All right. Maybe that's no, I'm no,
1: thinking. I see your point. No, yeah. look, if you take, physically take 10 bucks a day and put it in a jar because you're, let's, that's even, that's, that's let, a beer. What's a, what's a, even, yeah. Exactly. is like, like
0: $20 I know, nowadays. I'm going to
1: say, what's a bottle of, of wine? 20 bucks. Yeah. Every two or three days. And put it in a jar. At the end of 12 months, you're going to have enough money to do something that you want. Yeah. So although you almost physically have to, like like I do, you have to put I the money physically bag. move money. Or they'll spend it. Yeah. From <laughs> like one account to another account that I don't touch. Yeah. Or else you'll just spend it if you just leave it in your account. Yeah. So this, the, your standard checking account or whatever. So you. I think a good tip is to like physically move it, whether that's actual cash or into like a Mm -hmm. savings that you just don't. Yeah.
0: I mean, you could go back over the last six months if you have that much, you know, on your bank statements and be like, this is what I was spending every week. Yeah. And so that's what you save, put it away, move it into a special savings and see where you are after three months. And I think that in and of itself is a a motivating factor. It's a good why. Yeah. So I think we can wrap it up at that. Figure out your why. Uh huh. And then don't forget it. Keep it at the forefront of your mind. We see our why every day. It is our kids. And
1: eventually... um, Eventually
0: you don't think about it. You just
1: don't think about it. It's just a new normal. Yeah. Yeah. It just becomes your new new normal. I have had a few friends um, also join me in getting sober. And in the beginning, a lot of like texts, you know, like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. You know, like it's been two months like when does it get easier and I my trackable timeline was kind of like end of month three yeah I think for me it was going
0: into month four where I felt like the emotional mental angst of my body adjusting my my emotions adjusting were right going into month four by month six I was like this is this is second nature I
1: think also what I want to just quickly talk about is that a lot of people um Hopefully we'll do it for health reasons. And but a lot of people have these unex these just wild expectations that they're just gonna like lose 20 pounds immediately. Mm-hmm. And that's just not no, how you'll, your body You'll reacts. put other
0: sugar in your mouth.
1: Well, that's possible. Yeah. Um calories, I think, is what yeah. I would rather concentrate. You're you're likely going to um replace those calories with something. The the weight doesn't just fall off like you think.
0: Unless I you're was nude. able.
1: Yeah. I was able to lose some weight. Mm -hmm. Definitely got more definition everywhere, but that was also Uh, a a lot of other stuff stuff that I changed, but I had gotten serious about fitness um, at one other time in my life, like real hardcore serious and got into really good shape, but I never quit drinking Mm -hmm. and there is a big difference between like getting into shape when you're eating right and not drinking compared to like just hardcore getting into shape you definitely have to change your nutrition um if you want to continue to have i have plenty of clients this this is another
0: episode this is the hawk fit right
1: but i do have (laughs) a lot of hawk fit clients that they'll straight up ask me like can i have a glass of wine tonight and i'm like yes if because this is how we avoid burnout and like you just said that's another episode
0: Mm -hmm. hopefully you know you guys got some takeaway um it's not easy. It has to be intentional and you have to have people around you that are in your corner.
1: Yeah. Um, so if anybody wants to message me and talk about sobriety, my Instagram is Hawk underscore fit underscore. And I'd be happy to talk about sobriety with anybody, which I do often.
0: He does. He's a lot better at his messages. Yeah. Um, but I want you guys to all feel like like that's a great question, Kay. It is it is very personal, and that's what we're here to talk about. We're going to talk about the weird things, the uncomfortable things, so you guys know where to leave the questions. Um, there's a link in the show notes. You don't have to leave your name. You can be anonymous. You can say your name. You can message questions to me on Instagram at I'm just Mina starziak Hawk, separated by underscores. Because that's what we like to talk about.
1: Yeah, it was a good question, Kay. Thanks for asking.
0: Thanks for thanks for being on my show today.
1: Thanks for having me. I love you.
0: All right. Um, and we'll see you guys next Tuesday.
1: See you next Tuesday.